0: It
1: is Friday, February the eleventh. Welcome to your post daily news show. I am John Pollock, alongside Wei Ting. Five days down, Wei. What a week!
0: Another week down. Yeah. Um. Good week. I felt
1: it goes by. All these weeks go by quick, even though lots tends to happen in between. Mm-hmm. Them. But uh, that is a
0: that's how time works. Got plans for the weekend?
1: Um, I do. I do. I'm going out on, uh, tomorrow and then Saturday night I got the UFC. So I'm watching, I'm watching that. It should be, uh, it looks like a really good main event. Uh, we will chat about that a little later, uh, with Phil. And mm-hmm. then Sunday, uh, Max is doing gymnastics now. So that's what Sunday
0: is. What? Whoa. Yeah, gymnastics. That's fun. Oh yeah. Three year old gymnastics?
1: Four. Four
0: year old uh, yes. gymnastics. Wow. Yes, yes. yes. Kids are very limber at that age.
1: They are. Yes. So yeah. I'll, uh, I'll let you know if he's doing any uh, standing 450s. Uh, but we have uh, news to get into today. Kicking things off is Wednesday's Dynamite numbers. And what an interesting week it has been for television viewership. Um, you know, coming off of Raw and NXT, I think you can certainly, you know, attach asterisks Asterisks to those shows with the, uh, the network change. Uh, but I certainly did not anticipate AEW was going to have the success they did. Now they did not have to have uh, a station switch, at least not in the US. And they came in with 1,129,000 viewers. Their most since September the 29th, up 18% from the week prior. And in the 18 to 49 number, they were at four, uh, sorry, a .41, 541,000 viewers. Uh, these graphs here are courtesy of a, uh, Brandon Thurston at WrestleNomics.com, up 19% in their demo, third highest since September of of last year. So these were uh, remarkable numbers, uh, given that they were going up not just against the Winter Olympics, which is a given that that is going to be a hit, but going against the NBA, uh, South Park, that was number one on cable last Wednesday when they were going against the Chicago show, and in Canada, doing just over 155,000 viewers, which... Was their highest since December first, and they were moved to TSN five from their regular station of TSN two. Um, now, it was uh, conveyed that TSN five is in more homes, uh, but I will promise you that of the one hundred fifty five thousand people, uh, there would probably be less than ten people that knew it was going to be on TSN five instead of TSN two when they tuned in. So there was zero promotion for this station switch, and I look at that as like a very impressive. Figure that they ended up doing uh, so well, given those circumstances and facing the same competition in Canada as they did in the States. So um, I-, I don't know how you really uh, put any kind of damper on these numbers. This was a very impressive showing on a week that um, across the board in wrestling, there is a very legitimate excuse for numbers to be down.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um Ratings, I think, continue to be very perplexing to try to predict. I mean, last week they had the biggest match they've ever promoted in this TBS run with CM Punk versus MJF, and it ended up doing the worst. I mean, you know, granted, you you can maybe look at competition, but, I mean, you had very hard competition this week as well, and Rampage ended up doing the best that it's done uh, since the move to TBS and since September, in fact. So, um, you know what? I mean, what do you chalk it up to? But the fact that Tony Khan you know in his grand promises of of a huge forbidden door announcement i mean that to me was the biggest hook even above the the hangman page versus lance archer match
1: i would agree with you i think that was the one that that kind of grabbed the most attention in the in the days leading up to it and surprises i mean it it's not always a consistency but they that does tend to um to, to, to work. Um when NXT would would do the same thing and they'd have a major announcement to to make and give people a week's notice on that. Uh you can also uh get an interesting story from like the quarter hours. They started off very strong. They, you know, the benefit of the the Big Bang Theory lead-in and, you know, a big star-studded opening segment with The Pinnacle and CM Punk and getting that promo segment and then throughout the show you had several growth segments. I mean, it was kind of up and down. You saw them come uh go down for Wardlow and the blade, but then came back for the inner circle dips back down and then returns for the, the tag match that had Moxley and punk together slides down. Kind of the low point was uh Jade Cargill and AQA, as well as the, uh, the professor five minute r- uh, rookie challenge. And then a-, a bit of an increase for uh, the Texas death match at the end there with Archer and page. So uh, this was one where, it really felt like there were, you could see what were the attractions on the show that people, um, in the greatest number had, had their interest invested in. And, you know, you had, you had those dips throughout the show, but I, overall to be number one on cable for, for this night on this week. I think that's, that's a very strong showing for, for dynamite and Canada being consistent with the U S. Maybe that's the headline right there. Americans and Canadians finally in sync with one another. On a week where once I once I saw those Canadian numbers, once I got them earlier, I was like, "Oh no, this Canada did great. What could this mean <laughs> for the U.S.?" And I was I was very surprised.
0: It, it, it's the beginning of of maybe um, uh, you know um, uh, uh, continuing uh, I don't know cross pollination of, of of our cultures. I don't know, but next week it could be totally different, of course. Completely. So, uh,
1: we move on. Uh, New Japan held its card today in uh, Sendai in front of a. Uh, one thousand eight hundred and forty two fans uh, we're not going to go through everything here, but it was headlined by El desperado retaining the junior heavyweight championship against Masker Wato. They went over twenty eight minutes. Uh, I've not seen the show yet, um, but that um, there were some extremely lengthy matches on this show of the top matches uh, beyond the uh, the junior heavyweight title match. Uh, we saw show defeat Yo uh, with the shock arrow uh, that one going over twenty two minutes. Tiger mask and ghetto 15 minutes and 20 seconds ending with a reverse double arm bar. This coming, uh, these results, courtesy of a uh, dot love.com, uh, tiger mask and ghetto for 15 minutes. Sign me up.
0: Well, I haven't seen the man, so we really can't comment on the maybe, quality of maybe it. Maybe pleasantly
1: but... surprised. You're maybe right. Maybe it right. was.
0: Maybe it no. was. Yeah.
1: Yes. Um, so they're back in Osaka on uh Sunday where, uh, we will get the, uh, Naito and Sonata against Tanahashi and Okada that, Sounds like a really great tag match on top. And Tomohiro Ishii and Evil. If ever there are two people that are out to prove the world wrong after their, their Wrestle Kingdom outing, uh, this is it. Will we get, will we get a, uh, a mirror image of Wrestle Kingdom or will they completely stun everybody with a, a match of the year contender way?
0: Well, uh, I'll wait to find out, uh, the answer to that because I think they've, they've worn out people's interest in, in the, the, what is it? House of darkness and, and evil for so long now that I can't see many people who aren't diehard New Japan fans making the effort to watch the match, much less live.
1: And that did sound like that did plague this show and yo match. A lot of the, the house of torture stuff that everyone is, is certainly over, uh, at this point. Mm-hmm. So anyway, have not seen it. So cannot comment firsthand. WWE is going back to Madison Square Garden in a couple of weeks on March the 5th and they of course they had that that terrible showing back on December 26th where it was uh, one of the lowest paid attendances uh, for a wrestling show at Madison Square Garden since 1937 so it was it was a terrible you know for for that market for that building with WWE it was very disappointing and they're obviously reacting because this is a loaded up show they have added uh Roman Reigns defending the universal title against Seth Rollins which this will be his first defense of the universal title on a house show since he won this title uh, a year and a half ago, uh, Brock Lesnar is on the show. They're doing Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar, which as of today would be Lashley defending the WWE title. But that is uh, uh, pending any potential change next weekend in Saudi Arabia. And then Ronda Rousey will be teaming with Sasha Banks against Charlotte Flair and Natalia, And Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, and Rhea Ripley are advertised for a triple threat match. So this is a this is a very heavily concerted effort to uh build up this uh, Madison Square Garden show which uh, as of the the last numbers that are out there they're they're right at around 4000 tickets out for the show. So that's that's still a very low number for Madison Square Garden.
0: Mhm. Yeah, we'll see how they can get the word out whether it's just local advertising or do you think we'll ever get much um mention of it on the actual shows themselves?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a, a line they have not really crossed when it comes to promoting live events for a specific part of the country is actually using the, like the body of their television to, to make such a a push for that one. That, that would kind of be curious if they, if they made something out, out of a house show. And I always thought like that could have been something that instead of putting every house show on the network, you pick select ones and they did this a little bit. Um, but the idea of, Make a Madison Square Garden house show into a network exclusive that gives you the reason to promote it to your audience that you're not just promoting something that so much of your audience has no way of viewing. But I don't know if there's necessarily that same attachment to the network, but there is to their live event business. Um, and it's, it's a tool that they just never opt to use.
0: Well, can can you see them going as far as maybe executing some title changes on this particular show just to kind of, you know, instill the idea again in the audience's minds that, yeah, you should go to these house shows because stuff might actually happen?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know if we're just too far from that, that it's not. I think they're looking for immediate results and not doing some long term reeducation of their audience. Like for you, way, like what would drive you to go to a, a live event if this we, we have a show coming up in Toronto at the end of March that Ronda Rousey is advertised for. But like what is what is pulling you up to go to a, a live event? Is it just matches or is it stars or like what would what would entice you to go?
0: Mm, you're asking the wrong person because
1: I think <laughs> I'm asking the right person lot. because <laughs> you're the kind of person that follows this as closely as anyone. Yeah, and but, here's a major show they're trying to run into market uh, in Toronto uh, and you don't want to go.
0: Well, I'm also somebody who I think gets gets very, uh, has more than enough uh, of his fill of WWE content by the end of the week with five hours that I'm not really asking for, you know, a few more hours of inconsequential results. So maybe, maybe okay. Well, there you go.
1: You say inconsequential. If it was a different company, would you maybe have like your, your number of hours is not affected by a promotion? And I'm sure there are other promotions. And that to me is the bigger point is that a title match should mean a lot but you've been conditioned to not believe it it means that much. Mm -hmm. And, and and I think that that goes to just a more long-term effect of how people view house shows, which are generally very enjoyable shows to go to. But I don't know if just trying to do some kind of like load up a show like this with names and such, if that's going to entice people in a grand amount when they know what WWE house shows are and, and if this is actually going to work, if we're, if we're going to see, like, some giant uh, surge in tickets going out once these matches are more widely advertised.
0: Yeah, I mean, the star power of seeing a Ronda Rousey up close in, per- in person or Brock Lesnar in person, I think might entice maybe more of your casual audience to decide to m- make the time to, to go out there. Um But, yeah, I think it would have to be, you know, how relevant is this towards the overall stories that we're following um, is there the possibility of lasting repercussions from me going to the show and the quality of the matches? You know, um, I don't often hear that much buzz about great house show matches that, you know, people are saying, wow, anybody who went to this says it's one of the matches of the year. Look at, look at how much we've been talking about this rep pro match between Michael Oku and Will Ospreay. Um, and, I I I mean, you know, it, it, the, the for for a WWE house show to be able to attract that type of buzz through its professional wrestling is incredibly rare, um, but not to say it can't happen, of course.
1: I think the last time we got any semblance of that from WWE shows was a few years ago when. Gable and Rude were facing FTR in all the cities and you were just getting these, these glowing reviews of these house show matches because they were going out there and they were actually getting time for these tag matches and they just were tearing the house down in all these different cities. But um, at, at the same time, it's – you know if if you're just a television viewer, you're not really in the mindset of viewing – those teams as as consequential, but to people that are into match quality, that would have been the last time I remember like WWE house shows getting some buzz attached to them uh, because of those matches. Now, in May, uh, WWE, they had put out their pay-per-view schedule just listing the date of May the 8th. And now we know it will be, in fact, branded as WrestleMania backlash for the second year in a row. And it's time to give a premium live event to a premium live event facility. And it is going to the Dunkin' Donuts Center in Providence, Rhode Island, a a soft spot for any uh, arena naming connoisseur out there. Uh, that is where the WrestleMania backlash will take place. From, from AT&T Stadium, we go to Dunkin' Donuts Center a month later.
0: A favorite, of course. Yes. The Dunkin'. Yeah. And who's going to be on this show?
1: Well, the poster uh, has Ronda Rousey and Brock Lesnar on, so that would, would suggest that they are going to be a part of this event. Um and that is probably, uh, probably to be expected. I mean, everyone knows Ronda's sticking around and that Brock is, is back in the fold. So, uh, only a question of Brock, how many of these kind of, uh, B shows he would be doing, but it looks like, uh, coming out of WrestleMania on this show. And that obviously is intriguing just in the sense of how far this, this Reigns Lesnar program goes, if, if beyond WrestleMania.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, whatever they advertise now can totally change um, by the time that we get to the show. But at the moment, I mean, you know, this does seem to indicate who they consider to be their top stars. That's right. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Tonight, a uh, very busy edition of SmackDown at the uh, another greatly named venue, the Smoothie King Center in New Orleans will host wow. both. Uh, this week and next week's editions of SmackDown. And tonight's show, uh, will feature Charlotte Flair and Naomi for the women's title. Uh, Goldberg will be on the show. Uh, Aaliyah versus Natalia in a dungeon style showdown. And then for, uh, they're doing an insane segment with Sami Zayn. Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs because that match will be taped tonight but air on next Friday's episode. They're doing two tonight because next week they're obviously in Saudi Arabia and so we'll have a taped show next Friday on
0: Fox. Mm-hmm, Yeah, um, no Ronda Rousey currently listed here, but I'm assuming she'll be around, right?
1: Yes, I think she's. I think she's listed on the like on the, on the advertising that she should be appearing on, on the okay. show, but not announced for any kind of segment. So uh there you go. And I guess we'll get the sense of what the Olympics mean for a WWE show. That's not moved to a different network. Uh We don't have that caveat here, but, they are nonetheless going against the Olympics. And then Rampage is the taped show from Wednesday, uh, from Atlantic City. And we have the Young Bucks taking on Rapongi Vice. And I heard this match was very good, but they had to follow that Texas death match. So that's, that's a really tough spot to have to uh, follow, but, um, probably a good choice placing a Young Bucks Rapongi Vice match into that slot. And then rounding out the card, Dr. Britt Baker against Robin Renegade, uh, hook, will be in action against Blake Lee, the tag team champions, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus against the Ass Boys, and we will hear from Brian Danielson on tonight's edition of Rampage.
0: Yeah, from that same crowd in New Jersey, which was really hot on a Wednesday, how did they hold up for the final hour? Um, and you know, I've, I've heard some great things about this hook match, so I'm looking forward to that one. Of course, as usual, seeing what direction Brian Danielson and John Moxley goes, um, we are a few weeks away, so I'm assuming we probably get the challenge very soon, if not already. And then of course the ass boys going for the championship,
1: Uh, a huge night for the ass boys. Mm hmm. So that's coming up uh, tonight, and we'll be live at 11.15 p.m. Eastern for all our Post Wrestling Cafe members with Rewind to SmackDown. And then we shift to Saturday night, where I will be live with this man for the UFC 271 post show. I'm talking about the Lord of the Cord himself, Phil Chairtalk, as the UFC returns to Houston, Texas. Hello, Phil.
2: Hi, John. Hi, Wade. Hey, it's Phil. good
1: to have you on here to chat a little bit about the card on Saturday night. I'm going to start off with this question because I would say like the most attention of anyone attached to this card on Saturday night is Joe Rogan by leaps and bounds. And he yeah. will, in fact, be part of the broadcast on saturday night and not to go into the whole uh, joe rogan story but just in the sense that obviously ufc was never going to pull him from this show but do you think it's an interesting uh, discussion there sorry I my mean,
2: cat just knocked my headphones
1: off oh man Unbelievable. the uh this is uh <laughs> this is just absolute chaos here. Maybe the cat just heard First that Joe Rogan's like going to be that. on the broadcast. Give me
2: one half a second to fix this. <laughs> this oh, my gosh. Is, dude, this the is Oz amazing. Live television. Okay. Okay. Are I'm, you all right? I'm back. I'm back. I can hear okay. you. Unbelievable. This creature. <laughs> I'll yes, tell you the, the Phil evil. Chair Talk experience tops any any
1: Joe Rogan experience uh, at at this point. Uh, that was which,
2: that, that was me di- avoiding the question. And running I know, I know, that. That, I
1: know you were trying to just uh, just just uh, dodge the the topic. But if if you're Joe Rogan, like this is obviously like the elephant in the room, and mm-hmm. you know, I was only curious if Joe Rogan himself would make the call that maybe I. I have too much of a spotlight on me on this broadcast that I am going to take away from from some of the broadcasts. Are you at all surprised he's doing the show on Saturday?
2: Not remotely I mean uh, just I mean if you just think about it from the UFC perspective, you know they're they're typically defiant in these types of scenarios and uh, uh, regarding the controversy around him, you know he he released a statement that the episodes were removed. So th- th- that was the decision that was made. If he were to remove himself from the UFC broadcast, that would just draw more attention to this, which, you know, they're trying to move on from. So it doesn't surprise me that he's on the card. And it doesn't surprise me that, um you know, sort of that's kind of the end of it from the UFC perspective for now, at least. Do you think it's referenced at all by
1: it coming up in, in commentary, just in, in jest at all? Like, it, it just seems like yeah. it, it's it, it's so odd that we're going to hear six hours and mm. no reference to it, and I'm sure many people are going to be tuning in to hear if it's addressed at all. Like this is a I major mean, national story.
2: Oh, it's absolutely absolutely a huge story. I mean, I it could be done in jest. Is is Cormier the one on the broadcast with him? It's uh, Cormier you
1: know, they, and Anik. Like I don't, I'm not insinuating they're going to go deep into any topics, no, but just no, a, an actual reference uh, to it,
2: yeah, or I mean, if they're just going to steer
1: clear of it completely.
2: I think in general they'll want to steer clear, but you never know. They get heated in there. Somebody could, you know, say, "Hey, they're trying to cancel you, Joe Rogan," and of course, Rogan does the post fights, and you know, a lot of those people are, are big fans of his and want to be on his podcast. So who knows what somebody's going to say? So um, yeah. I, I don't. I don't think there's going to be much said about it. Could there be a joke here or there? Yeah, I think so, but uh, I, I don't think they're going to. They, there's no real reason to bring it up. So.
1: Interesting to watch uh, nonetheless. The main event sees Robert Whitaker challenge uh, the current champion, Israel Adesanya, the man that took the title from him back in October of 2019. Uh, for those that maybe are not following uh, all that closely, this was a pretty one sided fight when they fought for the title uh, back at UFC 243. And since that time, Robert Whitaker has you know, I, I think had some tremendous performances against, you know, a very close fight with Darren Till. Uh, then uh, I think a, a more complete performance with Jared Cannonier, And then I think the best win of the three in terms of just his overall performance was against Kelvin Gastelum back in April. We've seen a lot more wrestling out of Robert Whitaker. These are clearly the top two middleweights in the world. And I think this is um, where 90% of the attention is reserved for for this card on Saturday.
2: Yeah, much like the last event it it's uh you know driven by uh the main event and now the star power around Israel Adesanya. I mean, he's headlined multiple events. I'm sure the UFC would have loved to have done this in Australia in a big stadium, but that's not uh realistic uh for sending fighters there right now. Um but yeah, you look down the card, there's there's some okay fights, but it's definitely driven by this uh Pretty interesting main event, even though it is a rematch.
1: What what kind of fight are you expecting here? Is this going to be one that you see being a lot closer than the first fight? Because, I mean, that first fight, I, th- I think you could draw a lot of parallels to like John Jones beating Shogun. It just felt like here is the new king of this division uh, that was unseating the, the champion. But I would say in the case of Robert Whitaker, he has rebounded in a very significant way that we did not see Shogun come back from.
2: Oh, absolutely. Robert Whitaker has looked amazing in his last three fights, uh, two of them five rounders. And that that first fight, yeah, there was all this momentum around Israel Adesanya. But I also feel like that one was just, it was just a really bad game plan. You know, mm-hmm. fighters are kind of programmed in their training camp on how to approach a fight. And Robert Whitaker just went, you know, it was clear that the game plan involved throwing punches and bunches to get on the inside. And, Uh, Adesanya was prepared for it the whole time and going into the second round, even though he was getting pieced up with that, there was no shift in game plan. So I think what's going to be different, I think it's going to be a totally different game plan this time around, whether that produces a closer fight, I'm not so sure.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see if... Robert Whitaker in implores more of more of a wrestling game. Uh, What is taken from the Jan Blachowicz fight that I think every middleweight is going to be focused on. But that was, you know, size was a factor in that there's there's many different intangibles. And uh, Israel Adesanya, though, he's a comfortable favorite. And I I can't say that you can disagree with that. But I I find this to be a very close fight. Robert Whitaker winning is a is a very real outcome.
2: Yeah, absolutely, because he's well-rounded. So uh, I think. Mixing it up is going to be a key component. Using kicks is going to be a key component. Um, maybe he's going to try to get Israel to come to him. Uh, but he's definitely not going to be, uh, you know, marching forward uh, in the same aggressive style that he did the last time out. We also
1: have the scenario where beyond the uh, the main event, we also have uh, the, the next contenders in line fighting on this card in Jared Cannoneer and Derek Brunson. Uh, Brunson has just, really turned things around. After being a fighter that was very inconsistent and sometimes had very questionable game plans, such as his fight with Robert Whitaker, he has now rattled off five consecutive wins. And you would now he also does have a prior loss to Israel Adesanya, but nonetheless, I think um especially if you look at the contenders, there's not a whole lot of depth here in terms of immediate contenders. I think Sean Strickland, even with that win last weekend, uh, is still several fights away, and the winner of this fight should position themselves to be the challenger uh barring some you know Whitaker wins that kind of throws a loop for everything.
2: Yeah, I agree. Uh, Kananir was looking pretty good, but he kind of had like a cup. He had that loss to Whitaker himself. He was on a, a three fight win streak. And yeah, as you mentioned, Brunson, five in a row. He was the perennial gatekeeper of the division. But through those five wins, he's looked very impressive and he's a tremendous wrestler. So it, it, it does make, uh, Israel Adesanya rematch a lot more interesting because he's improved so much since that first fight. I mean, that was, Four years ago, I believe.
1: hmm Yeah, we're going back to 2018. And it just seems Derek Brunson reinvented himself over over the course of, of that um those several years. Uh with Jared Cannonier, you know, he's he's looked very good ever since moving back to middleweight. He has the one loss to Robert Whitaker. And it, what was interesting this week is Derek Brunson stating uh, regardless of what, what comes his way, he's got two fights after this. And then he's retiring, which an MMA retirement, you always put in quotations. Um, I just don't know how that serves you to make such a public announcement uh, when yeah. you're coming out of this. And you could very well be in line for a title fight. And if you're flirting with retirement, I don't know if that makes y- your case much stronger.
2: No, I don't think uh, the UFC is terribly interested in putting uh, any more fights together, title fights with people on the last uh, fight on their contract.
1: And then Derek Lewis, who uh, just turned 37 years old. He's fighting in his hometown again. This is uh coming off the last time he was in Houston. And boy, did he have a problem with Surreal Gone. That's my only uh Houston we have a problem joke I will make. Against Tae Ivasa. And I would say in this fight, Phil, I think the questions and focus is to me on Tytu Ivasa. Like, what is this guy's ceiling? He's kind of put it together with a four-fight win streak. With Derek Lewis, I think he's going to beat a lot of quality heavyweights, but I, I think like we know that there is a a distance between him and the championship level at heavyweight, but he's, he's sort of in that role where we're going to get those answers about where Tai Tuivasa is. Can, is. Does he ascend above this level or is this kind of the ceiling for him at heavyweight?
2: Uh, yeah. I, I think that this is a really key fight for uh, Tuivasa. Last time we saw him against Augusto Sakai, uh, we were talking about how he had new training. Uh, he, the training was really dedicated to him. And since that has happened, you've seen a significant improvement in his game. And it as we've seen, it hasn't been the highest level of competition. But uh Derek Lewis is right at that championship level, not quite as we've seen in the past. But uh getting a win over Derek Lewis would be a big statement for uh Vasa and would propel him into some really big fights because of, you know, all the sort of interest around the personality. I mean, the amount of shoey questions that there have been in just the last week alone. It's uh, absurd.
1: Oh, yeah. Now we've moved on to cuppies, which I don't want to talk about. You (laughs) can Google it. Uh, The rest of the main card, it rounds out with uh, Kyler Phillips and Marcelo Rojo. Two two
2: fighters, one cup.
1: <laughs> Phil, Phil Chair Talk, folks. He's here all week. Uh, and then Bobby Green against Nasrat Hakparast will open up the show. Uh, the, the undercard, just quickly, I guess, it, notable, Andre Orlovsky, who continues to defy time. This is a man whose first fight in the UFC was November of 2000. Uh, when I was in high school and Roxanne Mataferi will have her retirement fight against Casey O'Neill Mataferi, a 18 year, vet- 19 year veteran now uh, at this point. Um, those are some of the highlights of the undercard and we have lost Alex Perez and Matt Schnell after Alex Perez missed weight and William Knight is going to fight Maxim Grishin this coming after he missed the light heavyweight limit by 12 pounds miscalculation Uh, there
2: (laughs) (laughs) by that much
1: (laughs) Uh, 12 pounds it's like the difference of a weight class but uh they will go ahead and fight uh at heavyweight anything that jumps out on on the prelims for you
2: um uh nothing terribly exciting but i got to give a shout out to roxanne modafari uh the happy warrior og You know, not just an OG, somebody who's been relevant for a very long time and is still a pretty relevant fighter, even though, you know, she's not at the top of the game. And this is a big fight for Casey O'Neill, one of the top prospects from last year um, being featured here against such a recognizable name as uh, Roxanne uh, will uh, hopefully propel her to a really big 2022.
1: All right. That's UFC 271. It's coming up on Saturday night. The early prelims beginning at 6 Eastern and then the pay-per-view at 10 PM. Phil and I will be live right after the main event. You can watch and listen at youtube.com slash post wrestling. And I will be joined by Phil Talk and his cat. If, if the cat wants to take him oh, as well, oh, no. I, already the a... victor of a, of a 10, nine round. I could see, uh, based, on, <laughs> based on I'm effective, sure. Of octagon control and aggression. Definitely the edge in aggression
2: in that exchange. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm shook. I'm shook, but I'm confident that I'll be able to bounce back uh, and even the score uh, tomorrow night.
1: And last thing, where can uh, listeners and viewers go during the fights if they want to interact with the post community and make their predictions?
2: Yeah, so uh, you come to the post-wrestling Discord. You can uh, visit that at postwrestling.com slash Discord. And uh, during fight nights, we run prediction boards uh, throughout all the fights, the main card, the main event, and we keep track of that leaderboard throughout the year. Eric Marcotte uh, is at the top of that. But we also do predictions for other events. We're running some uh, Olympic predictions right now. We always we have the weekly Prediction game for WrestleNomics, uh, for the AW Dynamite, uh, demo rating. And, uh, tomorrow and Sunday is also the Super Bowl where we're going to be, uh, finalizing the, uh, you know, the end of our NFL playoff prediction pool. And we'll also be having some prop bets as well. So lots of fun, lots of games to be had at postwrestling.com slash discord.
1: All right, check all of that out. Again, we're live right after the pay-per-view on Saturday night following Adesanya and Whitaker. That is going to wrap it up for your post-daily news show. Again, we're back tonight with Rewind to SmackDown. Thank you for tuning in and have a great weekend.